Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. What does it mean to pioneer? Is it only to be the first at something? The most original? Is it for fame, success, or recognition? Or is there something more? When you explore beyond the advancements, look past the accolades, there's an underlying thread that connects every pioneer, the belief in something greater than themselves. Every pioneer comes to the realization that the path they carve is less for themselves, but for preparing the way for others. Take Jesus, the ultimate pioneer, paving the way for others to enter his kingdom and the ripple effect of that legacy changed the course of history. And when Jesus left this earth, he commissioned his followers to also pioneer, to gain new ground, take the path less traveled, choose love over hate, right over easy, and to prepare the way for those yet to come. This is our call. This is our purpose. God gave us a unique plan and placed a pioneer spirit within each one of us to accomplish the mission he set before us. And the time is now to walk in his footsteps, to follow the pioneer's path. Are you ready? A new series, The Pioneer's Path, begins today, and I am excited. I kind of know what's ahead of us. You don't know what's ahead of us, but I, I want you to start feeling the sense of excitement. I shared earlier that when we put together series, we hope it is not just our own inspiration, that we come up with these ideas, but we really believe that as we press in and pray, we hope that it is God speaking to us, that we hear the Spirit of God And that when we share something for you on Sunday mornings, that is actually the words of God being spoken for us, that we might be able to do something with what he's telling us. And he prepares a season and a time for us. And I believe that in 2018, it is, we already heard these words actually on our Friday night prayer. By the way, if you missed our Friday night prayer, uh, we have these quarterly, but our winter Friday night prayer was amazing, and God spoke to us, and he spoke to us that this year, 2018, would be this overflow year, this abundant year, this this year of him doing the incredible, but yet we need to come close to him, and we need to hear his voice and line ourselves up to what he is doing. Well, how many people are enjoying the cold weather? How many people tried to stick your tongue to something metal? Yeah, I saw the hand. It's the crazy childhood uh, inside of us that wanted to do that. My hand was wet earlier yesterday, and, and, and I stuck it to some metal, and I think I left part of my skin on that metal. But it is cold. And for our viewers who are viewing in Canada, I know there's a couple of them. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Uh, they're watching from Elgin, Ontario, uh, this morning. For those of you, actually, if you can't be here on Sunday, you can watch this via live, our worship all the way through the whole service. 
live.gccnh.com allows you to watch this. We do want you here. We don't want you just to get lazy and say, I'm going to click, click on the TV or the computer and watch from home. But, but if you can't be out, uh, it's a great way to uh, view our services. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'd like to dig right into God's Word this morning. Matthew chapter 22. This is a disturbing verse that Jesus speaks to us. It's a parable, Matthew 22. I'm going to wait for you to find it because it's important. I'm not going to spend a lot of time reading the whole parable. I'm going to read the last line of this section of what Jesus says, and then I'm going to kind of tell you what this story was about. But it sets up this whole idea of understanding as a pioneer, it is going to be a road less traveled. And in 2018, we are going to challenge us. The Lord is challenging us to say, will you take the road less traveled? Are you willing to go do the difficult things? Because guess what? It will require you to sacrifice something. It's going to require you to give up. And it's going to require you to be all in. But 2018... And here's what it is that that Jesus gives this parable in Matthew 22. He talks about the kingdom of heaven. It's like a king who has uh, a, a feast and he's inviting everybody to participate. He's sending out uh, tenants to go out. He's sending out his, his workers to go say, hey, find all the people and invite them to this feast that I've prepared. The story goes on that some people ignore them and then other people mistreat uh, the, the king's men. And then this is what he says at the end. Jesus, his words. In Matthew 22, verse 14. It says, many are called, but few are chosen. Are you the many or are you the few? Now, what he's talking about here in this verse is he does say that there are, are, there's a gate, there's this opportunity to come and enter into the feast, but there is only kind of one way in because actually it talks about this guy got into the, into the feast and they said, well, where's your wedding garment? And he says, well, I didn't know I needed one. And they cast him out of this and he says, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, basically in the outer parts, away from the king, and representing here was really representing the kingdom of God and Jesus as the king. And he's saying that, that the interesting thing is he's calling a lot of people. He's calling many people, but only a few will respond to the call. And this is what I'm going to be talking about in the pioneer's path, that we want to be the few that respond to the call. I wish that we were, there were many, but... All we can do is be accountable for who is here today. And we're saying, but God is speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us to say, now's the time. Now's the time. The interesting thing is, how is it that we read about people like, I don't know, Steve Jobs, Henry Ford. Henry Ford, who has this desire that he goes like, I need that every person should be able to have a vehicle. Steve Jobs, I want a computer on every desk in America. Elon Musk, who you might know him from Tesla or SpaceX, decides, I want to put something, a colony on Mars, as, as crazy as you might think that is. How is it, though, these people who have these, these great ideas, 
And I'm, I don't know if they're following Jesus or not, but how much more do Jesus' followers need to take the risks necessary to accomplish something of great significance? The things that are, are deep inside of each pioneer, which I believe are deep-seated inside of each one of us, is this desire to help humanity get better in some way. And here's the reality is though, is as followers of Jesus, the helping humanity is this, helping bring people into the kingdom of God. So there's a father, a good father who loves them, who wants to bring them into the kingdom so he can care for them and understand there's a kingdom way of living that allows therefore to be joy and peace. And these qualities that can't be found any other place except in the presence of God and underneath his lordship. Let's go take some other pioneers that we saw some clips of there. Billy Graham, a one who decided that Jesus was not to be contained just into a church, but he was for the masses. And he had these crusades where millions of people would come to know Jesus. How about Amy Simple McPherson, the, the founder of our movement, the Four Square Movement. She was a woman in the 20s where women pastors were not thought of so highly. She didn't care. She pursued it. She saw people who were hungry in the Great Depression and she fed them. She saw people who needed Jesus. She didn't care. She's a woman. She started this ministry, a global ministry that has over 100,000 churches, nation, I mean, worldwide today. And we get to be a part of that legacy. Why? Because somebody was willing to be a pioneer. Well, you might say, though, you know, that's not me. I'm not a risk taker. I'm not, I don't go after those big things, those dangerous things. Can I tell you what? Pioneering is also going to be this, that you choose to do the right thing instead of the easy thing, which is, hey, when your marriage is struggling, you know what? I'm going to be a pioneer and I'm going to fight for my marriage. By the way, when you have this opportunity to function with lack of integrity, you say, but you know what? I'm going to choose to do what's right and not what's easy. See, sometimes we think about these great pioneers who have revolutionized the way that we think or the way that we live, but how about seeing the Spirit of God revolutionize our homes, our places of work, our schools? I love what Kalen and Phil Tuttle are doing with FCA. That their heart is to see that Jesus is in every single school in New Hampshire by establishing these Fellowship of Christian Athlete huddles. But it's going to take somebody who's willing to risk, who's willing to give up some things to go after the things of God. Everyone, as a follower of Jesus, is called to be a pioneer. I want us to follow along in this great narrative of the Exodus story and understand over the weeks we're going to be talking about this Exodus story and how the heart of a pioneer is found in this. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. In case you don't know what a pioneer is or have some images, maybe you're thinking about the early settlers. Guess what? If you are uh, from this area, um, you were not 
part of the pioneering lineage. You were settlers. You said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go west. I want to stay. I want to plant. So you have more to overcome than others because you are maybe a little bit more of a settler than a pioneer. But those of you who are in this church who have come from another country, and I know there are many here from Rwanda, other African nations, I want to say thank you for pioneering because you, by being here, make us better because we realize that the kingdom of God is multicultural, multi-ethnicity. And so I love seeing that God has brought the nations here to us. But you had to pioneer. You had to leave father and mother. You had to leave land. You had to leave those things that you thought were dear to you to pursue something else. So let me give you some, uh, uh, some synonyms to pioneering, to introduce, to develop, to evolve, to launch, to instigate, to initiate, to spearhead, to institute, establish, to found something, to be a father or mother of something, to originate, to set in motion, to create, lay the groundwork, prepare the way, blaze a trail, break new ground. I love those last three words. Prepare the way. Jesus was the ultimate to prepare the way for us. John the Baptist was before Jesus who prepared the way for Jesus. Now Jesus prepared the way for us, but then asked us to prepare the way for others. Blaze a new trail. Break new ground. Guys, do you understand what the Spirit of God is preparing to do? And he's asking us to come in alignment with him to break new ground here in New Hampshire and wherever God gives us influence. But this is how God works. Through ordinary people like you and I. The story of Moses who leads the children of Israel out on this exodus. Let me give you a quick little um, uh, recap of Moses' life. Moses was a, a baby. Um, the Pharaoh at the time was, was saying, you know, the Israelites, by the way, why they're called Israelites, they were Hebrew people, but they were called Israelites because they were of the father or of the nation of Israel, remember Jacob who had Joseph, the guy with the coat of many colors? Joseph went to become the governor in Egypt because of the famine. And then after the famine or during the famine, all of Jacob's family, his name was later changed to Israel, came over to Egypt. And because of Joseph's influence, Israel's family got to reside in that country. Now, they had a lot of sons. Joseph had a lot of brothers. And they multiplied and they became more influential because God's hand and favor was on them and it threatened Pharaoh. Pharaoh decided, well, I'm going to kill all the firstborn babies. That was one plan he had. Well, Moses was saved. Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses in a little basket floating down the Nile River and raises it in Pharaoh's house, raises him. Well, later, as Moses grows up, he uh, kills somebody. Now he's a murderer. He runs away, and uh, now he's a shepherd 
I would say shepherd boy, but where he gets used in the Exodus, he's 80 years old now as a shepherd. So this is where we're going to pick up on the account of Moses, who's now 80. Oh, by the way, and during the time that Moses took place and when Joseph was ruler in uh, Egypt was anywhere between two and 300 years. So just kind of get the span of how those, those families multiplied in their influence. So this is though Exodus chapter two, verse 23 says this. During those days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. So the other solution also for their growing strength was the Pharaoh decided that he was going to give them hard labor. Instead of them being free, he enslaved them to, uh, to hard labor. So basically, their, their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered this covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Let me pause there for a moment. When there's suffering going on in the world, God sees it. He, he sees it. If there's suffering going on in your life or in your family, God sees it. That, that should give you comfort. But God's solution to what he sees is going to be people like you and like Moses. Now, starting in chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3. Now, Moses was keeping his flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Harab, uh, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said... I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why, the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God said to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Then he said, do not come near. Take off your sandals. Take your sandals off your feet and place um, for this place on which you're standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land Uh, bring them out of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to a place of the Canaanites, so on and so forth, Hittites, Amorites. The point is this. Moses, who's 80, now a shepherd, no prominence, is just in a field looking after sheep. God picks him to be the deliverer of the Israelites. Ordinary guy. Probably many would you feel like they're wa- he's washed up, he's too old. God picks him. The interesting thing in this story that I want us to understand is in this burning bush, 
God waited until Moses turns and recognizes the bush. In verse 3 of chapter 3, it says, And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. The bush is not burned. Now, when the Lord saw that Moses had looked, then he communicated with him. This is so pivotal because it goes back to the very first verse that I read that from Jesus' um, parable about many are called, but few are chosen. I think the chosen has very little to do with God choosing and has everything to do with whether or not you're willing to turn your face to God to say, pick me. You see, I think God chooses everybody. But he uses those who are willing to turn and look at him, a supernatural God, and say, I don't feel adequate, but you can use me. If you know the story about Moses, you realize that he, he felt very inadequate. He felt like, I'm slow of speech. Who am I that I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh? And by the way, say that we're going to release a million people from your control. Talking about a pioneer. Talking about doing something that's difficult. Talking about, what, God, what, what do you want me to do? But it always starts with somebody turning their head to what God is doing, turning their attention to God, and then God will speak to you. In 2018, I want us to turn our attention to the Lord. I want us to turn our head and look and say, God, what are you speaking? What are you seeing? What are you doing? Because God initiates. God is the one who says, I hear the cries of the people. Now, Moses, if you're willing... I'll use you. But you see, Moses needed to have an encounter with God to to go on this pioneer mission. It's so dangerous for you to just say, I come up with a great idea, I know what I'll do, and just start forging your own path, and guess what? You're probably on the wrong road if you originate that idea yourself. But when you come face to face with the almighty living God, who's the creator of the universe, and he says, I hear the cry of this in humanity. I hear the cry of the drug addiction in New Hampshire. I hear the cry of the orphan who are in the foster care system in New Hampshire. I hear their cries. I hear the cry of the the families that are, are in just a mess because of selfishness and divorce. I hear the cries of those people. And when we turn our face and turn our attention to the burning bush representing the presence of God, when we get into the presence of God, we hear the heart of God. And God says, who will go? Who will take care of the needs of these people for me? And then the answer is, pick me. Pick me. I'm not, I don't feel very qualified. I don't feel quite equipped. But guess what? He'll do the equipping. If you'll just respond to the call, he'll do the equipping. See, we first have to understand that the pioneer needs to be called. 
Just don't go out and pioneer, blaze a new trail on your own. Follow the calling, which means somebody has called you, and it's the presence of God, it's God himself who calls you to his mission, to care for somebody else, to meet a need in the world. You see, knowing your pioneer call will require an encounter with a pioneering God. This is the start of your journey. It's an encounter with God where he opens your eyes to a problem and he asks you to be the solution. Are you ready to be the solution? Because the solution is not me. I get to say yes to what God's asking me. But there are hundreds of people in this room that God wants you to get close to him and he's going to say, will you do this for me? And you have a choice to say, I'm going to answer the call or I'm not going to answer the call. That's why I love this whole idea of our logo, the three circles. Because it continues to put the focus in the right places. These three circles, remember, we said there's like a ring if you're married or you're wearing rings. It's a covenant. I love we talked about covenant this morning during communion time. Different than contract. It's a covenant. And here's our covenantal commitments, first and foremost, to our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to start there. Because that's where all creativity, that's where all life, that's where everything flows out of our relationship with Jesus. Number two is our commitment to one another. Meaning, we can't do this alone. We need the encouragement of the body to build each other up, to to do this together. And then number three, our committed covenantal relationship to really reach our community in the world. I have an opportunity to next week be in Haiti. We, had, we raised some money our last Christmas offering last year to build a pastor's house, and we did, but we had some extra money, and we're going to go down and saying, okay, now where do you want us to use the rest of those resources? But guess what? We can't just go down there and pioneer a new path and like, oh, what's, what are we going to do? We're gonna, no, we have to hit our knees and say, God, what is on your heart? And then respond to what? He's telling us of what's on his heart. What are the cries that he's hearing that we need to respond to those cries? Because God's saying, I've heard their cries and I I want to meet their needs. So here they use somebody, here God uses somebody like Moses. And over the weeks we're going to understand this whole Exodus story and how it relates to being a pioneer. We're going to Talk about how do we travel. As pioneers, there's a way to travel. And we got to realize that maybe many of us are caring too much to travel this path and this road that he's calling us to. We're going to have to understand the cost of the journey. You know how many people, how many millions of people quit because it just got too hard. But what if they knew ahead of time that that it was going to be hard? (laughs) Because guess what? It's going to be hard, and you're going to want to quit. And he's saying, but I've empowered you. I've empowered you. I've empowered you. How do you overcome discouragement? 
Because I'll tell you what, there's times along this journey of life, but on this pioneering journey that you're going to get discouraged and you have to know how to overcome discouragement. You're gonna, we're going to talk about the voices that we're listening to because there's right and wrong voices to listen to. The right voices will encourage you to go forward. The wrong voices will tell you to stop and go home. Go back to your old life. We're going to be talking about the fight that it's going to take to keep moving forward when you want to go back. Your flesh says, let's go back. Let's just go back. Let's just live ordinary again. But no, he's calling you to live extraordinary and you can't live ordinary. But your flesh will want to go back because it's going to be hard. And then we're going to be talking about when you get to the finish line, you're not finished. We'll talk about what that's going to be uh, in the future as well. Over these next six, seven, eight weeks of understanding this pioneer's path that he's called us on, today I want us at least get this. That each one of us are called to follow the ultimate pioneer, which is Jesus. And he has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. He has a calling on each one of our lives. And we're going to determine whether or not we're going to say yes to the call in our life. You see, as we're following Jesus... You're saying, well, what do I need to do? What, like, what is this? Well, let's start with what Jesus was about. <laughs> and let's follow him. This is what Jesus was about in Luke chapter 4. Verse 18 and 19. These are his, his words. And he's quoting from the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As I was preparing this message I I heard voices but I didn't hear voices of the past I heard voices of future generations that are saying don't give up on me you have a part to play don't give up you see your life will affect somebody in the future and there are people in the future who are championing you say you are needing to do these things to care for the poor to look after the oppressed they're saying don't give up don't stop listen to the call respond because guess what the only reason I'm standing here today is because somebody fought for me to be here Somebody fought for my parents to know Jesus, to raise me in a Christian home. I had parents who prayed for me. Who 
who's going to stand in the gap? Who's going to fight for the next generations? You know, we live such a selfish world. We, we think that it's about us today and it's about future generations. Jesus wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking about the people back then. He's thinking about us today. And he's thinking about those next year and the year after and the year, you know, 200 years later. He's thinking ahead. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter. The pioneer's path is going to be a road less traveled. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be discouraging. You're going to want to give up. You're going to feel like you don't have enough. Where are your resources going to come from? But it will be worth it. And future generations will say, thank you that you chose not to just live for yourself today. But you live for the generations that are going to follow you. Father, I would ask that you would instill in our hearts a pioneer spirit Father, that we would be willing to do the hard things that are necessary to follow you, to respond to your call. Father, I also pray that we do not allow ambition and our own desire to, to we're going to do something great for you, God. But no, God, we, we come close to you and we wait until we hear your voice and say, this is on my heart. I heard their cry. And I want you to go meet their need. Father, 2018, I believe, is going to be so significant for you and your kingdom. God, I pray that each one of us would start today determined that we're going to live differently. That we're going to pursue you like we've never pursued before. Father, I pray that you would just continue to to grow us, to mature us, to help us become less selfish, to help us to let go of the things that just feed our flesh and feed our selfishness, Lord. We want to be better followers of you. We want to follow you, Jesus, on this pioneer's path. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. 
you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England. Or, if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 